So, how we doing folks? It's the Friday the 4th of January 2019. So, first podcast of the new year, 2019. Happy New Year to all you guys. Again, thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, thanks for liking the Boy November page on Facebook. Thanks for downloading the Podbean app. And thanks for following me on the Podbean app. And and leaving your comments as well. So, yeah. Before I start this week, I just want a special, give a special th- uh, shout out to a good friend of mine. And his name is Shane O'Connor. So, myself and Shane... Uh, met about over 18 years ago now and Shane lives in Madrid with his wife Elena and their lovely child Kira, and their lovely family hello Elena and hello Kira as well and yeah Shane is one of a handful of people in my life that you know you, you don't see them all the time you don't meet them face to face all the time but whenever you do meet them you don't spend too much time on, on superficiality. You just get down to the nuts and bolts and the conversation goes down uh, really deep from the start. So, uh, yeah, I've got a handful of friends like that. I'm very lucky to to have those friends in my life. And uh, you only really need a handful as well of those type of friends. And they really, they really keep me going. And uh, I'm very grateful to all of them. So, yeah, myself and Shane had a video conversation um, about a month ago. The uh, All about life, really, as we always talk about, and the possibilities of, of making a podcast. So, um, I, w- I want to say a big thank you to, to Shane for um, helping me formulate a lot of these ideas and and giving me the encouragement to 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 just go for it as well. So thank you, Shane, and I hope you're doing well and happy new year. So yeah, guys, um it's January. Um it's funny really the how the seasons, how the months change our mood. Um come the first of December. I know I, I, I just want to eat quality street for the whole month. And then January kicks in and it's a different feeling. I think, you know, your mind, there's something in your mind that uh, the flick, uh, a switch flicks and your body, body feels different as well. So um, not in a bad way, but it, it's, it's just different. So, but our bodies and our minds are, are so very cyclical. Um and uh, yeah, I know. I suppose for for me anyway, January is uh, is an important month. It's quite an emotive month, um, particularly over the last couple of years. It's the month when both my parents passed away. My mum passed away five years ago now, uh, coming up in a couple of weeks, and my dad passed away two years ago uh, in January also. So. Uh, yeah, it's, it's quite it's quite a poignant month, and it's a month of of memories as well. And another thing about January, not only is it my mum's birthday as well, the end of January, but on sixteenth of January now coming up, it's my brother Seamus's birthday. So 
Next week, in remembrance of my brother Seamus, who passed away in 1991, which is coming up on 28 years ago now, uh, I'm going to do a special episode just devoted to to Seamus. And it's just, that episode, it will be particularly special, I think, because it's really one of the main reasons why I wanted to do this this podcast. Um, so... So I'll leave that to, to next week. So so next week will be on my brother Seamus. So yeah, back to January and yeah, it's the cycles, the cycles of the year are amazing. Uh I think we as as humans we try and put some sort of understanding on, on all of these cycles and um for hundreds and thousands of years we've we've tried to put some sort of uh some sort of religious context uh, on what happens in our world throughout throughout the cycles, throughout the seasons of our life. So, um, yeah, so that's that's interesting that we have all these numerous numerous different religious faiths and 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 earth type faiths as well that that try and create some sort of understanding so you know whatever you believe whatever you don't believe whether you believe in in some sort of higher power or not like it's it's not what this is about like in any way or shape or form but i think that's another topic as well about how we as humans try and put some sort of understanding on what's happening here and where we've come from and how we should live our, our lives here in the world so and I think in terms of the Christian Catholic Church, we they probably have belittled uh, pre-Christian or pagan religions as as they would have referred them uh, to as. So, but there's so much kind of a wealth of understanding in sort of uh, tribal and uh, earth-type religions and trying to understand trying to understand and make sense of this world as well. So again, that's perhaps another uh, another podcast at some other point because I know I'm just starting to waffle, waffle on that topic. So I'm going to go back to the script for the day. Yes, I've learned to take some notes now before I, I start off in the podcast and that, that really, really helps me as well. So uh, yeah, I'm going to st- start back sticking to the script again for this podcast so yeah so january cycle of a whole new year starting back to work soon next week thankfully as a teacher it's not possible to work i don't think we're able to work in the first week of january so but yeah we'll be starting back in on monday coming so january can be a tough month in lots of different ways You've had, whereas December is a tough month as well, and I chatted about that in previous episodes, uh, about how you, you know, you're brought, uh, you're pressurised into believing that you should be feeling, thinking in a certain way, that you should have all of your family and loads and hundreds of friends around you and so on, and, and that may not necessarily be the case, and there's cognitive dissonance between what you believe should be the case and what is actually your reality. So so that can be stressful and that can 
lead to depression. So January is uh, brings its own challenges as well because you know we don't have the festivities of Christmas. We don't have all the lights. Even though the days are starting to get a little bit longer, it's still quite dark. It's dark in the morning. It's still dark early in the evenings as well. But yeah, and we we have to keep going on. And there's not too much money in the bank account, and uh, we're much more frugal. Um, we're not tap tap tapping away at the the old uh, laser card in uh, in the shops or in the pubs. Uh, we're uh, yeah, we're trying to keep within a budget, and uh, so it's a completely different feel. But I think January is also a good month. You know, lots of people start off in with New Year's resolutions in January, and which is is fantastic. And um, and fair play, fair play. If you're starting a New Year's resolution, that's that's fantastic. Um, I'm not really one for New Year's resolutions. I, I do like having certain specific goals um, in my life that are more kind of uh, time-orientated, um, um, time-limited, limit, rather, um, um, as opposed to making huge life changes at this time of year. But but whatever kind of keeps you going in, in January is, is absolutely brilliant, folks. There is a bit of a tradition that has developed over the last few years, uh, up at home in in County Down in Restrever, where my dad's from, and it's called Carnuary, and basically what it is, it was started off by a doctor. I think it was Doctor McLaughlin, though I could be mistaken, and uh, he a few years ago came up with a simple idea of going up to the Cairn at the top of Sleeve Martin in the Mourne Mountains just above Restrever, uh, every day in January, or w- whatever amount of days in January you can, you can make it up. Uh, so so a great wee tradition now building up, and I was thankfully able to make it up on New Year's Eve and on New Year's Day as well, when I was back up home for a few days there with the boys. So... um. New Year's Day was really lovely actually. I went up about 10 o'clock in the morning. It was so beautiful. The sun was shining. Um, there was lots of people walking up and down and, you know, greeting people. It was so nice just to, to say hello and to, to wish mainly strangers. Though I did meet a couple of people I, I knew and and just wish them Happy New Year. And there's, there is something really fantastic about that it's something about doing even though I was walking up by myself I felt there was lots of other people around as well so there's some sort of um personal challenge in that obviously but also there's a sense of community and camaraderie and support as well and a sense uh, of communication and reaching out to to other people around you others that you might know and people that you've never met before as well, that you're all doing the same thing, that you're all that you all have some sort of common goal that you, that you're about to do, that you're in the in the process of doing, and then there's obviously the overwhelming beauty once you get to the top of Sleeve Martin, and you're looking 
back down the mountain. You can look across to the big stone to Clockmore. You can look down the valley into Kilbrony Park. You can look over the beautiful village of Restrever. You can look out over Carlingford Lock and in onto the the Cooley Peninsula and the Cooley Mountains. You can look back along Carlingford Lock to Warren Point and to Newry and inland a little bit then as well into to burn to the home place as well so it's a beautiful beautiful place and it was looking spectacular on on new year's day so whenever i'm up over the next couple of weeks i'll try my best to get back up to to the cairn lots of people you know they might be working during the day and they decide that they want to do carnuary and they go up at night time and you'll see i've done that before last uh last summer with uh with my cousin um Ollie, Ollie Morgan, and uh, shout out to Ollie as well. And uh, hopefully we will get together for a wee walk, maybe a night walk up to the Cairn this 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 month as well. So yeah, so so that's January. Yeah, and as I mentioned, January can can be an, another tough month. Every month, every time of the year brings its own challenges. But yeah, it can be tough. Uh, physically and psychologically and emotionally as well for a lot of people. So what I wanted to talk about today is, and this is the theme of this episode, episode four, and the theme this week is choice. And I suppose what inspired me for this particular episode is a book that I'm reading at the moment. And funny enough, it's called The Choice. And it's by a wonderful woman called Edith Eager. Edith Eager, E-G-E-R. And it's such a powerful book, guys. I'm only about a third of the way through, but it just really blows your mind. And uh, Edith was uh, brought up in Hungary, modern-day Hungary. And, yep, she was born into a Jewish family and she lived through the Second World War and towards the end of the Second World War, she was, her and her family were taken into a concentration camp. Um, usually I kind of stay clear of books around the con- concentration camps and the Holocaust because usually they're, you know, it's a heavy, it's heavy, heavy going. And, you know, Edith doesn't shy away from the heaviness and the horror of what she experienced, but she brings so much light and positivity into her experience into her experiences of of going through the concentration camps and it's really a story of how the power of the mind is can be so powerful that it can actually allow your body to come through some of the most grueling things possible so it's really an extreme um, description of how the power of the mind can affect the power of the body. And Edith uses and used, continues to use the power of her mind to overcome the tribulations of whatever may be happening uh, around her. And the main thing that Edith uses in terms of the power of her mind is all, is the power of choice. 
So there's one example, there's countless examples of where she uses choice, where she expresses her own autonomy. And one of one of those examples that she talks about in the book is she became so hungry. She was obviously living on rations. Her body became emaciated and she had very, very little to eat each day. And she made the choice of eating grass. But she didn't eat, just eat any grass. She looked at the grass on the ground for a long time. And she made the choice to eat particular blades of grass. So that that's really just so powerful that in this impoverished, emaciated state that she was still making a choice between which two blades of grass that she was going to eat. And that sustained her tiny little bit physically, but more hugely. It sustained her hugely psychologically, which is uh, really so, so important. So, uh, yeah, so I did, I suppose the power of choice is so important and I touched a little bit on the power of choice in terms of my own life in, in episode three, which was all about home. And again, thank you for all the really positive feedback. And I suppose that was, I suppose, my most personal um, podcast to date, really about home. And yeah, um, I suppose I, I talked a little bit about my experience of separation, marital step separation, and how I had to make a choice to change my mindset of what home means to me in order to survive, really. So, yeah, so January is about making choices. It's about New Year's resolutions, as I mentioned, uh, doing something positive, physically challenging yourself in some way, giving up something, all about choice. So, yeah, so I talked about Edith Eager, and then the other uh, part of this podcast that I want to talk about is a branch of psychology called Choice Theory. Uh, so choice theory was devised by an American psychiatrist called William Glazer. And basically, uh, Glazer believes everything that we do in our lives, the depression that we may experience, uh, is all connected to our behaviours and our, our choices. And our behaviours uh, are really determined by by our needs according to Glazer and we have five particular needs number one survival basic needs of shelter and food and water and so on number two then is love and belonging just being able to to reach out and connect to other people number three is freedom having the autonomy to make our own choices and Number four is fun, having a bit of crack, which is really, really vitally important. I think that we don't take ourselves too seriously, that in the midst of something difficult or challenging, that we can always see the funny side in it as well is, is really important. And just having a crack with your mates 
uh, having a good old belly laugh is some of the best therapy that you will ever, ever get. And then number five is power. So again, freedom and power, I think they're they're pretty much connected in, the, in most ways, in a lot of different ways. So power then really is about, about having the uh, autonomy to make your own choices. So Glasser developed his choice theory into a branch of therapy called reality therapy. So Glasser, I suppose, didn't really believe in mental disorders as such. Rather, what his belief was that every human being experiences universal social conditions. So basically what that means is is we are all challenged in the same way and how we go about navigating those five, those big five needs that, that I just listed really will determine what our mental health what our state of our, our mental health will be as opposed to any particular mental disorder that uh, that people may experience. So, uh, I don't know. I'm not 100% um, behind Glasser's theory, but I think there's certainly a lot of truth in it. And uh, if you want to find out more about choice theory... And reality therapy, uh, you can go on to the William Glasser Institute of Ireland. It's wgii.ie. Um, there's a whole talk there on on William Glasser and and choice theory and the development of choice theory and the various books that he has written, and that's really interesting. And if you want to just like a shorter um, experience of what choice theory is all about, you can go on to uh, just type in choice theory TED Talk. And there's a woman there called Ellen Galinas, G-E-L-I-N-A-S, who in less than 20 minutes takes you through what choice theory is all about as well. So that's really good. That's really interesting. TED Talks are fantastic. I love love the old TED Talks. So, yeah, so that's choice theory. But with choices, choices, with choices, it's important to have choices. But with choices also then comes decisions. Now, decisions are a little bit tricky, if you ask me. Sometimes decisions can be really, really hard. Now, so here's the thing. Here's the thing about decision making. The thing about decision making is that sometimes you're thinking that decision, when you actually make a decision, that you limit your choices. So, for example, you choose one career over another, you choose one relationship over another, you choose one place to live over another, you choose one friendship sometimes over another, unfortunately. Or it can be just basically you're in a, you're in a restaurant and you choose one meal over another. So we have this thing then, um, this abbreviation knocking about uh, over the last few years called FOMO, F-O-M-O, so, which is fear of missing out. Um, so basically, yeah, decisions involve missing out on something else. And 
people can get stuck here and knowing my experience as well, you know, I've got stuck around decisions and missing out on the things that and the fear that that fear of missing out on the things that I won't get when when I do actually make a decision. Um, but yeah, it's, it's so important. It's so important to make decisions and to stick to those decisions. Sometimes you make the wrong decisions, but you, it's important to learn from every decision you make, even though it's the wrong decision. And obviously you, you learn even more from, from the wrong decisions. But I think it's really, really important to not be afraid of making decisions. So, yeah, that's, yeah, we can get stuck. We can get stuck if we don't make decisions. And yeah, I'm going to like mention a few words now and they're little, I suppose they're quite emotive words. So there's a tendency, if we don't make decisions, there's a selfishness in that. There's perhaps a greed in that. And there's also some sort of jealousy as well mixed up in that, that drive within us not to make decisions that drive to not miss out on anything at all, that desire to to want everything and that jealousy then when you do make a decision and you look at other people's meal that they, that they have ordered and you go, oh, I wish I had that, like, and then of that, that sort of jealousy then can take over then, you know, other obviously more important areas of life in, in terms of rather than just what, what you decide in a restaurant. But, you know, that sort of selfishness, jealousy, greed over what other people may be getting that you aren't, that can kill you, folks. It really can. That's really detrimental to your mental health. What's so vitally important is when you do make decisions that you you just go with them and you learn from them as I, as I mentioned already and that you're happy with your decisions you you know you make decisions you will miss out on certain things that's for sure but the world is so full of so much wonderful experiences that you know you just have to be happy with whatever decisions you make and whatever decisions you make in whatever area of life you decide, there will be so much to experience in that decision. There will be so much life and light and possibilities in that experience. But it is really vital to make the decisions. And yeah, you can look back, look back and look at the reasons why you made decisions. That's, that's really important. But but yeah, for me anyway, I, at this stage, I try not to look back in anger uh, but and try not to look back in, I suppose, sadness or despair or whatever about the decisions I made. So, you know, we all make decisions. The vast majority of make make decisions based on whatever we think is best at the time. And that's that's okay. We make the decisions... We try and make the best decisions and that's life. That's what make life that's what makes life fun and interesting. 
when we make decisions, we feel we have a sense of autonomy. Even little small decisions like cleaning the bathrooms, washing the floor, making our bed. We made that decision. That makes us feel that little bit better. Doing something that we meant to do over the last month and just never got around it. When we do that, that makes us feel good about ourselves. That makes us feel we've achieved something for the day. So, yeah, I suppose in terms of January, New Year's resolutions, even small things are really can have a huge positive impact on your life. Small little decisions, small little goals that you have achieved can have a huge, huge influence on your positive, on positive well-being. So, right, we're flying on here today and I'm um, almost at the end, but I just wanted to mention something I was watching the other night on the telly and, yeah, it was... Um, it was a program that was broadcast on RTE and you'll get it on the RTE player. But if you're not living in the Republic of Ireland, you won't be able to access that, unfortunately. But um, hopefully it might become available on YouTube soon as well. But it was a documentary on the life of Jason Sherlock or, or J.O., the young fella at 19 years old who shot to fame in, back in 1995 and who won an All-Ireland for, for Dublin. So in 1995, you know, people think oh, Dublin have just are dominating now over the last few years, in which, which they have. But in 1995 was the only year in a 28-year period between 1983 and 2011 that Dublin actually won an All-Ireland. And a lot of that was down to the exuberance, the energy, the way J- Jason Sherlock played football and he played played corner forward, the frenetic nature of 1990s football meant the ball was constantly in motion, that the ball was fired up to him, fired into the corner, he ran for the ball in that season, he seemed to just win every single ball against whatever top defender he that was marking him at, at, at during that particular game. He'd fire the ball over the bar, swing his boot around the ball, fire it over the bar. The ball might end up in the net after an, an explosive run followed by an explosive finish. So, yeah, <laughs> he was a wonderful player to watch. And, uh, yeah, I just, I just love watching this documentary. I love... As you may have gathered at this stage, anything that connects sport and life, life and sport. And this documentary was just wonderful to watch. So, yeah, I'll not say too much about it, but basically uh, Jason's mum was from Dublin and his dad lived in Dublin. Um, His dad's name was Dennis. He was uh, from Hong Kong originally. And his Dennis's family owned a Chinese restaurant in Dublin, and he Dennis and Jason's mom met, and yeah, Dennis wasn't overly a huge part of Jason's life, and as Jason grew up in Finglas, he more and more rejected his father really because because Jason obviously looked a bit different from the majority of people growing up in Finglas. He looked, I suppose, Chinese 
and he says it himself he didn't want to look different he didn't want to be different he didn't want to you know be different from his mates and the people in in his community so what he did then was reject his father and he rejected all that aspect of his his life and his culture uh that Ch- chinese culture and it's it's kind of funny but it's also kind of sad that you know his mom used to bring him around to see his dad and the f- his mom and his uncles would go into the to the restaurant and uh Jason would always order fish and chips. He didn't even want to experience Chinese food. He wanted to be as Irish as possible. And yeah, it's kind of funny, but it's also kind of sad as well. Like, you know, and what I suppose Jason obviously uh, realised he was he was really good at sport when he became a teenager. He was always a really good runner. It's funny at the end of this of the of the show, he he finds out that his dad used to run marathons for fun, and he goes, "Oh, that's where I got all my sportiness from." So Jason was a fantastic runner, fantastic athlete, fantastic basketball player. Played basketball for Ireland, played soccer in the League of Ireland for UCD, and most famously played for Dublin as well. So, yeah. He, yeah, summer of 1985, where his first season playing for the Dublin Seniors, he just burst out onto the scene and won an All-Ireland. And obviously when you're that age, there's another really fantastic point in the documentary. And it shows all the Dublin footballers getting their photograph taken, as is the custom, before an All-Ireland final. And Jason describes the scene every single one of the other Dublin footballers has this grimace on their face as they're sitting down or standing up behind the bench uh, getting their photograph taken because because they're so full of uh, tension. They know it's been 12 years since Dublin has won in Ireland. They've come fairly close over the previous couple of seasons. They got beat by Down in the 94 All-Ireland. They came very close and they're in another All-Ireland final against Tyrone in 1995. So all of the players, as you go along, as the camera uh, goes along each of the players, they're really grimacing and until it comes to Jason and Jason has got this huge big smile on his face. He's loving it. He's happy to be there. It's fun and he's enjoying it and he wins. He wins the All-Ireland and everything is hunky-dory, happy out. And then Jason continues to play football for Dublin for another 14 years. Um, Yeah, they won a few Leinster titles from the mid-noughties onwards, but he was never able to um, reignite that All-Ireland winning feeling. And, And it's kind of sad then it comes to an end. His career with Dublin comes to an end in 2009, All-Ireland quarter-final at Croke Park against Kerry. Kerry are fairly dominant. Obviously, at at that time, they they go on to become All-Ireland champions again that year. And they give Dublin an absolute hammering in front of the hill. In that quarter-final, Kerry beat Dublin by 18 points. Jason is brought off after 20 minutes. He sits on the bench forlornly. 
and that's that that's the end of his Dublin career and he doesn't really know what to do with himself then and he eventually finds a career with DCU Dublin City University and he he does his degree and what he works at now is encouraging uh, young people from around uh, across Ireland to uh, to avail of university qualifications through the DCU Access Programme. So that's what he does now. But yeah, then at the end of the show, then just the, really the last segment of the show, he goes off in search of the story of his father, Dennis. So Dennis... Dennis, when Jason was quite young, moved out of Ireland and Jason didn't see him after that. And he ended up anyway in Durban in South Africa and he started his own Chinese restaurant. And one evening Dennis was taking the takings out from the restaurant to his car and he was set upon by a number of men and was shot dead. He was murdered. And Jason talks about how his uncle, Dennis's brother, phoned him up to tell him about that. And Jason doesn't really take it in so much. He said, yeah, okay, grand. And he plays a soccer match that night for UCD in the League of Ireland. So the story, the documentary just finishes up then with Jason going to Durban to visit, first of all, his brother, Dennis had another child then that Jason had never met and they meet for the first time and then Jason goes off to visit this, I presume it's a Buddhist monastery and basically that's where the urn of the ash, where the ashes are kept of his father Dennis and a monk brings him into this room where he talks where there, there's a number of urns on, on different shelves and the monk just says to him to to talk and Jason talks to his dad or the ashes of his dad and it's really poignant and it's really emotional and, you know, there's not much said after that really in the documentary apart from really the fact you know, you can read between the lines about what's going on there. Obviously, Jason's emotional because he's thinking about his dad and how Jason made the choice not to be part of his father's world and not to experience all of the, I suppose, maybe the richness of that Chinese culture. And, and I suppose he's thinking back on that and he's thinking back on that choice, but... You know, at the end he does talk about how he's kind of come to some sort of contentment with that, that he's made lots of choices in his life. And, you know, some were good choices, some weren't so good, but he's happy. And, uh, yeah, that's Jason. Sorry if I've told you too much about that documentary now when you ever go to watch it. Now I may have spoiled it for you, but it's wonderful. And if you do get a chance to watch it, folks, yeah. Yeah, watch watch it. It's it's fantastic. So, yeah, uh, that is all I want to talk about at this stage. Oh my goodness, it's almost forty minutes. I've talked too much at this stage, and yeah, just thank you again for listening. 
and I will chat to you next week and next week will be about Seamus so thank you guys that's almost 40 minutes far too long but hopefully whoever's listened to the end thank you thank you and chat to you next week